Week 8 is here. What's up, guys? Yes, how's it going? Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast in your ears right now. Michael Beller here with you. It is Week 8. Week 8 kicks off with the Packers and the Cardinals tonight. 15 games back on the slate after that 13-game week. Feels good to have almost every single team in action, and we are ready to talk through all of those games. I am here with the one and only Brandon Funston. Funston, what's up, my man? You are setting the enthusiasm bar very high this morning, and luckily I got my coffee. It's a little early in my neck of the woods, but I'll try to catch up. I'm doing well. Hey, man. Hey, man. You know how it is. Six months old, working. I've been up for about, uh, what, it's 10 a.m. Central Time. I've been up for like four and a half hours, so I've already had a couple cups of coffee. I've got the energy flowing, feeling good. Jake Seeley, also here with us. Can't do the show without Jake. What's going on, Jake? What's up? Uh, hopefully you guys are going to do something for Halloween on Sunday. I mean, I, I wore masks for my shows this <laughs> week, and then I, I even wore my Scooby Natural since it's kind of like Halloween-ish shirt, and you guys I, you guys got nothing going on. Well, I didn't get the memo that we had to do, way to do that for the Thursday show, but uh, I would have I brought something to the week table. For you, isn't it? Until Sunday. Yeah, this yeah is Sunday, is, Sunday is Halloween. I know, that's what I said. So you guys, that's what I said. So you guys better do something on Sunday when you get Sunday your morning, Beller. Sunday to, morning. Yeah, I was also trying to tease your show for everybody out there. Nice. Yeah, listen to our listen to me and Funston talk through uh, start sit stuff on every Sunday. Maybe we'll wear maybe we'll wear some. Jake, didn't you wear like a duck mask or something last year on our Sunday show? Uh, that was Launchpad last year, and then I did Gizmo <laughs> Duck on the Tuesday show with Chris Meany, and then I did I actually put the Darth Vader mask on yesterday for that shit. That was very heavy. <laughs> that, that, like my neck was hurting. Now, funny thing was, is the wait. Here's the duck one. <laughs> yeah, isn't it like? Uh, so, yeah, I remember that. You mask. see, no, you, no, you don't. This is the one from Tuesday. That's Gizmo Duck. But I was showing you, like, see how foggy it is inherently. Yeah. Like the plastic yeah. they used. I I was struggling to read everything the entire show. <laughs> I told Chris when we got off the air, when I took it off, it was like if you've ever gone from a tube television to 4K, like made that kind of a jump, or like I got laser eye surgery. It was yeah. the most ridiculous thing. It's pretty uh, well, pretty easy guess, Beller, even if you don't know, to just say, Jake, didn't you wear something duck? You know, because yeah. yes. there's some sort of some sort of duck involved. In They're something. all kid size though, because they don't make yeah. these costumes for adults. Yeah, well, maybe you should take that as some sort of uh, hint in your uh, in your direction. Or maybe but- I'm the one trying to be happy with everything going on, and you guys are a bunch of schmucks. <laughs> Either way, we are here and ready to talk Week 8 fantasy football. We're going to do things a little bit differently on this episode. Uh, we usually go through position by position. Scrap that. I was writing that sort of script yesterday, and you know, it just, I just felt kind of bored with it. So we're going to go game by game instead of script by script. We're taking this in chronological order, so that means we start with the Thursday night game Packers and Cardinals. We know the big news with the Packers. No Devontae Adams. No uh, Alan Lazard. So let's start first with the quarterback. And uh, Jake, you can take this first. Who starts over Aaron Rodgers? Like who who can you see someone having in addition to Aaron Rodgers and then starting that person over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, well, so for everybody out there, if you're listening on a Friday or after, just skip ahead five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right now, I have him at 14, and mostly because you could start Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, the Ryans, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, although Daniel Jones definitively has the lower floor. There's no question. If you don't want to risk the Daniel Jones four-point game, then you don't mm-hmm. start Daniel Jones. And then up from there, the highest I would even go is 10. There's no way, and we'll talk about a lot of these guys, but there's no way I'm starting Rodgers without the majority of his weapons. 
over Burrow, Herbert, Stafford, Brady, and then just keep going up from there. Yeah, That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Uh, somebody was like, well, what about the defense? And why, why don't you have them higher? That was even before the J.J. Watt injury. And he's like, well, because it, it, still, they don't turn the ball over. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. And if they just lean on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the entire game, and yes, some of those might be coming from passes from Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. but still, part of what's carried him, and it's funny because I've also been sitting there telling people, don't hate on Aaron. I need to improve my quarterback. I hate, I hate Aaron Rodgers. He's scored 19-plus points in every single game since week one. He's been top six, seven since week one. Yes, week one was gross, but he's been great, but he's also been very efficient, and that's the concern here in this game is that he doesn't get a Tannehill Burrow type of game. Yeah, weirdly, I, I, I heard the stat this week, and I haven't actually confirmed, but I think in the last – previous three seasons Devontae Adams has missed seven games and Aaron Rodgers actually averaged higher fantasy points in those games than the games where Devontae Adams was in there I mean it's a small sample size and I don't lend a whole lot of credence and you know I don't know how many times he was down his top two targets in Mm -hmm. that in that respect but I think I have him 13 right now and Daniel Jones is the one that I have ranked in front of him sometimes I rank guys ahead of people on my rankings that I maybe wouldn't do that in real life I think Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers if I'm sitting there as much as I love that Monday night matchup I might just opt for the safe floor of Aaron Rodgers if I'm pulling the trigger but in the rankings I don't want to miss out on Daniel Jones just going totally ham on Monday night and the potential for the rushing yards and and you know just a, a shootout mostly by the Chiefs side but the Giants trying to play you know catch up along the way well here's the problem with that is like do you risk it because i mean we might find right. out saturday that there's no galladay there's yeah, no, no shepherd right they're down to Sl- slayton and <laughs> that's definitely uh, another Pettis another part again. of it yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. yeah but um so for what it's worth this this line was at like cardinals minus three cardinals minus three and a half then we got the news about adams jumped to six and a half once it was reposted and that's still where it is for what it's worth uh the last last two years six games without Devonte adams Packers are 5-1 and one against the spread in those games. That includes 2-0 and oh as dogs, and both of those were outright victories for the Packers. So let's not just go right off the Packers just yet in this game tonight. Jake, let's hear the case for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Is it as simple as who else is he going to throw to? No, it, I, it is and it isn't. You know, I have him inside my 30s, uh, but the real comes down to is a comparison I don't know if I was talking to Chris. I don't think it was you guys. I don't know. Whatever it was, it's the Fulgham comparison. And I wasn't saying it as in to be like, ha I told you guys about Fulgham because I went to ODU. Like, but like I knew about Fulgham because I went to ODU. Like, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason. But sure. I'm saying that to set up like I was, and people know this, I'm the ODU. I love Travis Fulgham. I love to see Heineke doing well. I love to see Pascal popping up. But I was also one of the first people to say, get the hell away from Travis Fulgham as soon as defenses treat him as the number one. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that to say Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the better talent than Fulgham, but I still have concerns of him being the number one. Like what happens when he has the number one attention with nobody else except for Randall Cobb now that Alan Lazard is out? So you're talking about if he plays, Valdez-Scantling, Cobb, and Equinamius St. Brown are the top three. What is the, what's the, there's their breaking news? No, 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 no. I was alerting Funston more than you. Keep going. Just tell me to shut up. Yeah. Okay. So if there's breaking news, put the finger up. If there's the hole, put the, like, give me the, give him the hold no, sign. Hand, so like, <laughs> hand for, hand for news, finger hand for, for news. Okay. Fingers for All me right. next. Well, 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 now that I know that going forward. So yeah, I put him in the thirties. Could he have a top 20 finish? Absolutely. But could he be like Darius Slayton? Like uh, that's who I could compare it to last week. Cause Darius Slayton finishes like, Wide receiver 50, I'm three for 40. Sure. Could he also finish inside the top 20 because he says 10 targets? Sure. 
right, yeah, the reason I put the finger up because I just want to keep things moving. So we're just going to jump right to the next topic. We had a pretty big gulf in terms of someone on the other side of this game at the running back position. So let's go head-to-head, you guys, on James Conner. Brandon's at RB23, Jake down at RB30. Brandon, let's hear the pro-Conner case. Yeah, it's a bet on a touchdown with James Conner. You're going to get 60 yards, you know. I mean, I guess his last two games are his best rushing yard games, and you're you're starting to feel good about mid-teens touches. Uh, but it's a bet on a touchdown. But he's the number one touchdown scorer on one of the top offensive teams in the league uh, and, you know, a team that's number three in red zone uh, possessions per game. So I think while it's, you know, it's a little bit of the Latavius Murray, you know, you're either getting 60 yards and a touchdown or 60 yards and no touchdown. I think James Conner, and we had six touchdowns in his last five games, is a really good bet to score a touchdown most weeks. And so that's, he's RB17 on the season, heavily weighted on those touchdowns. I'm ranking an RB23 this week, you know, with a little bit of the, um, okay, there is a possibility he won't score a touchdown. Yeah, look, I don't mind because I'm the one that says back crap crazy in the preseason. You remember that for people who had the gulf as big as it was between them. Here's my concern and here's my only pushback is it is very touchdown based because Edmonds last week out carried James Conner in that game against Houston, which tells me a little bit of like, can it really be like we expect this to be a slaughtering and they just should just be able to roll out there and be like, fine. But what if it's not? You know, then you see a 50-50 split. And even though we it was a slaughtering like we just Last saw, Edmonds got more carries. Like, that's that's the thing is, like, I just don't want to bank on that. You know, you know, I don't hate him where I have him, but I have both Denver guys in front of him, Booker in front of him, Zach Moss in front of him. If you wanted to say I'll go Connor over those, I think they all this group falls into the yeah. same conversation. Right. So that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, big tier running backs that we're talking about here, and that's just the case every single week. But that's the that's the uh, the pro and the con for James Conner. I'll be starting him in at least one league, so uh, hopefully Brandon ends up being right on this one. Let's move on to our next game. So now we're looking at the uh, Sunday games that kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern, and we start with Panthers and Falcons. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see what I've written on the screen. No surprises in Panthers and Falcons, and that's what I by, by that I mean. Are you starting any of the non-obvious guys, or are you sitting any of the seemingly obvious guys, Jake? Mm, no, uh, who's who's you know, obvious? Like, who's not? So, so, so like you're starting Pitts, Ridley, Cordell, George, DJ Moore, duh, Chub, Chuba Hubbard, Cordell Hubbard, Patterson, like, Chuba yeah, Hubbard. Patterson. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's that five. Yeah, that's it. No, no, I'm saying that's it. Don't don't screw around with the rest. That's <laughs> the end of it. If you still have Robbie Anderson just stop playing fantasy football because you should have dropped him like 10 weeks ago. Uh, and Russell Gage, I mean, I mean, maybe if you're dead, I'd actually take the chance on Russell Gage over Robbie Anderson at this so point. I. Like, I, like I keep, t- I include in the waiver column, the unrealized air yards and people are like, well, maybe it doesn't mean that much when you see Robbie Anderson. No, it's like, it's part of a puzzle. You have to take the quarterback play into account. And that's why Corey Davis is way up the list. And Elijah Moore is way up the list. Despite missing games is like, yes, the quarterback play is a factor. So you can't even start Mike Davis right now. And yeah. I don't want to drop Mike Davis, but now he's down in the next men up kind of conversation. He's not even a starter at this point. Yeah, just, to, you know, we can keep things moving because, yeah, I have a, a couple of these options that I could start don't, this don't week. Disagree. And, I'm, and I don't disagree. I, the one thing I wanted to do is to look up and see if Robbie Anderson has a historically low catch percentage for someone who, you know, among all yes. players have had at least 49 targets in a season. It's got to be up there. He's at 18 catches in 49 targets. It's <laughs> it's as bad as I've ever seen. But anyways, yeah, we can move on. Can't catch uncatchable targets. <laughs> yeah, Look true. at Barkley catching some treats right there. <laughs> Looking good. 
Looking good, pup. We gotta love that. Uh, Matt, how's your, yeah, how's your namesake, I mean, namesake in New York looking this week? <laughs> Matt Ryan can't is wait a, for it. Oh yeah, Matt Ryan. You can different. start Matt Ryan. Yeah, but that's I would like start a, Matt Ryan over yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers right. if you had that choice. Somebody might have that choice. Yeah, Funston, would you start Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers this week? Uh, I think I have Aaron Rodgers one they're ahead of him. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. To, yeah, they're right next to each other. Yeah, hard not to have those guys. Yeah, hard not to have those guys right in line with one another. So we're expecting no real surprises. Certainly no pregame do this, don't do that sort of surprises in Panthers and Falcons, which leads us into our next game, and that is Dolphins and Bills. Uh, Tua Tungabailoa, you guys, has had two very nice games in a row. Uh, Two very nice fantasy games. One pretty decent uh, real life game as well. So the question here in this matchup against the uh, Bills, two touchdown underdogs. Funston, you take this one first. How playable is Tua? Uh, I think he's playable because, you know, you look at what the Bills have done in this matchup. They've won by 30-plus each of their last two times. They played week 17 of last year where Tua played, and uh, it was 56-26, and Tua threw 58 times. And then in week two, Tua got hurt this year. Jacoby Brissett came in after two or three, four passes and threw another 40 passes. He didn't score, but that, you know, the, the, the whole thing is, as we always say, volume, volume, volume. It's not quite exactly always the same for quarterbacks as it is for the other skill positions, but two has thrown 40 plus passes each of the last two weeks, and that's kind of where they're at. And, and I think you're going to expect 40 to 50 passes in this one. And because of that, yeah, he's absolutely playable. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to throw for three touchdowns, but you know, you're going to get decent yardage, most likely in the narrative that they're once again chasing the scoreboard in the Bills. And sure, don't disagree. Uh, even, but even in that game, you combine to and Brissett, and you still don't. You get ten fantasy points in that game. Uh, I, but that, that's, <laughs> like, that's like almost all Brissett, and that was just he was just thrown in with no expectation that he, you know. He, no, no, no. I, I I get that, but I'm just I'm saying like so. The other game that we look at is it took Patrick Mahomes fifty four attempts, and he was still not even a great Patrick Mahomes game against them. So. I'm just talking about the Bills defense. And the Bills defense is allowed what five? What, let me let me check. Five, yes, five passing touchdowns on the season. Two were to Mahomes. Tyler <laughs> Haneke actually had the other good game against them. That's the well, only, but he also had a rushing touchdown and two picks. I, I have yeah, I have so, two at quarterback nineteen. So I mean, I, playable. I, I I think top twenty uh-huh. is what you would consider playable. And once you start getting outside yeah. the top twenty, so I don't know where you have him, Jake. But if you don't have him top twenty, then I, I would say you no. Probably don't. I have, I'm twenty one, and people tell me I'm stupid. That's okay. why I was like going with this. And they're also like, he's rushing. It's like, no, he's not. He's running like twenty yards. Yeah, like yeah, twenty yards is a half of a touch. I'm sure that's nice, but like, you know, okay. Don't tell so. Jake he's stupid. Come on. <laughs> I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> um, all right. The next guy I want to talk about, TFFP, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, loving on Miles Gaskin. You guys are both in the high 20s on him, meaning like RB21, RB22. And compared to the consensus, which we know it's always <laughs> shifting and everyone hasn't updated their rankings, but whatever, the consensus is about 10 spots lower than you guys. So let's I'm hear it. Uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Jake, you take it first. Let's, let's hear this big pro Gaskin case. No, I'm getting Shanahan, but I'm getting Shanahan as the coach, as I'm being forced into a corner. That's really what it comes down to. That's the way I'm getting Shanahan here is that I kept saying two weeks ago, sell high on Gaskin coming off that game against the Bucks, And then last week happened, and because of like the game script going what we didn't really expect, and because of the pass happy, as Brandon was talking about, mm-hmm. and then the injury in-game to Malcolm Brown, we had another good Gaskin game. And I was like, all right, get ready to sell high. But then as soon as we finished the show on Monday – what, like 30 minutes later, Malcolm Brown like goes that. on yeah. IR. <laughs> so 
I'm being forced into a corner here is, yeah, like, now it's only two guys. It's what we want from the Patriots. It's what mm-hmm. we want from the 49ers. It's what we want from a lot of backfields. If you could just tell it's only two guys, then I'm going to take the one in the lead and the one who's also used in the passing game, which this would have been a favorable game script for Gaskin to begin with. Yeah, I mean, amazingly, in the last three weeks, he's RB nine, and he had a he had like a nothing effort in one of those in, in one of those games, <laughs> and in that game they had nothing. It was Malcolm Brown had twenty five snaps, so you know, again, like Malcolm Brown's because that was a run heavy. It game. It was a run heavy game, so mm-hmm. even now, if it's a run heavy game, we know Miles Gaskin is likely to lead that charge. So, but it's not going to be a run heavy game, and Miles Gaskin's one of the best receiving running backs in terms of like expectations for <laughs> receptions. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically what it's all about. It's basically the same what jake said malcolm brown get out of the get out of the picture get out of here get out get of out our of way Let's do it all all miles gaskin all day here bears and 49ers i know we, no one really wants to talk about this game but we're doing them all so let's talk about this let me just say my, my friends will tell you guys i am the fr- farthest thing from a bears optimist i pretty much always assume the worst is going to happen to this franchise plus four and a half at home against a 49ers team that really hasn't shown us anything feels a little little sketchy to me uh brandon rest of season expectations for elijah mitchell um, I a TBD on what Jeff Wilson's role will be when he's activated, but we don't care. Okay, good, <laughs> good. I like I I have Elijah Mitchell. I'm feeling pretty good about him right now. My only real concern is Bears tie-in. Yeah, I mean it, it's he's basically the new Raheem Mostert, you know, and uh, so like even if someone get, does mix into there, because you know eventually Shanahan's going to want a Shanahan, but. Uh, even if that happens, you know, Elijah Mitchell should be the, the lead guy going forward for as long as he can stay healthy. So my expectations are, you know, this is the DNA is a running team. And um, I think he's going to put up good numbers for as long as he can stay healthy. A lot of a lot of like 15 to 18 carry games in the 70, 80, 90, 100 yard range. All right, Jake, yeah, we yeah. heard your uh, don't care there. You can, you can <laughs> keep going if you want, though. No, I was just going to say, it's the same thing with Elijah Mitchell, but I still wouldn't take him out of RB2 range because he's not yeah. full Mostert in the fact that Hasty's the pass-catching running back. That they, He made that clear last week. It was like all Hasty on the pass-catching downs. The reason I say Jeff Wilson is because they keep saying maybe November, maybe mm. in a few weeks. He's not even close. Yeah, but, and that's but is full, does full Mostert have to be a pass-catching back? Because I don't remember Raheem Mostert putting up a whole— No, no, no. But full Mostert was like 80% of the touches. Like full Mostert was, was like a, a target and a half per game. You're right. He was like right. Nick Chubb, but they weren't passing as much. There wasn't like he wasn't losing as much as the clear and snaps too, is that's what I'm talking about. It's like eighty percent of the snaps, even with the passing downs, is like you're worried about the touches. It was Mostert was around twenty touches. Yeah. The thing with Elijah Mitchell, he's around fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. So it's not bad. I'm just saying Mostert was an RB one. Let's not forget. That's what the difference is. I wish we could be seeing full Mostert in the form of Raheem Mostert this season. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had him on like 90% of t- I was just, you guys remember the summer. It was it was glorious. It was warm. And Raheem Mostert was just going to be the savior for all my fantasy teams. And now here we are. Uh, Khalil Herbert locked in until Montgomery's return. Is this simple? Can we just move on? I don't just think locked it's in as a fantasy Well, I starter. think it's more I, that I, he's locked in and maybe not going to let Montgomery return to full Montgomery. And we're not going to do the full Monty when he comes back. Yes. So, uh, look, man, I mean, <laughs> why would you? Why would you have to feel? No, no, no I'm just, eh, that's I your think joke. it was the oh, joke, not, okay. the, not yeah. the fantasy analysis. I thought the, I thought the <laughs> yeah. joke was pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, would you see, like, maybe the Nick Chubb cream hunt? kind of workload uh split you know I, I think i'd see something like that i mean chicago obviously is, is wanting to run as much as cleveland does and so maybe it works out to something like that but with less offensive snaps in general 
I'm tentatively optimistic. I mentioned it. I think we talked about it on Monday. I'm just, I'm just a little hesitant. The fact that Davian Williams might not be 100 percent feeling yeah, healthy right, coming right. off COVID. Like I believe Herbert's shown everything. I, th- again, and I say this to say, not the victory lap to say, I am a Herbert fan. If you look at what I wrote about him mm-hmm. in the draft profile. And I'm still hesitant. I would I have Herbert way ahead of Damian Williams. I just don't know if one game, Damian Williams' first game back, is enough to say, mm-hmm. yes, he is locked in and this isn't a split. And I say that to only say this, don't drop Damian Williams yet. Yeah. I think that's I think that's totally a a fair way to look at this. And nothing over Matt Nagy's head coaching career should suggest to us that he can be trusted to do the right thing. Can we get him fired this week? <laughs> like, hey, well, he's basically he's out, right? So the Bears don't do that. The Bears don't pay two coaches at the same time. They are not firing Matt Nagy midseason. That's simply just not going to happen. So uh, well, I you think sure the best best we can hope for best we can hope for in terms of after some Pittsburgh sort of, going into the bye can fire I, him. No, I think the best we can hope for fantasy wise from the Bears is that by. Monday, right or Tuesday, they find somewhere to trade Allen Robinson to because uh, that's really all we can hope for from a. That's the only reason I would mean, hold on to Allen Robinson at this yeah, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please, please find a take because he's not going to be back in Chicago next year. So let's just go ahead and find a taker for Allen Robinson. But that's where things stand with 49ers and Bears going into this week. Next game up on the list. Just talking about this Cleveland Browns backfield. Steelers and Browns. This is an interesting one, you guys. Steelers are, or excuse me, the Browns are three and a half point favorites. The over-under is 42 and a half. Yeah, we, we're not exactly sure, sure what to expect from this Browns offense with some of these guys coming back from injury. I mean, what just, when you look at this game, Funston, what what jumps out of you? What are your expectations for how this game ultimately ends up being played? Oh, I, yeah, it's, I, I would be tempted to take the under here. Um, you know, you, you have... I think you're just going to see a lot of Najee Harris and Nick Chubb, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a decent war of attrition. I mean, who are you hanging your hat on in the Cleveland passing game right now? Um, no one. No one. I mean, I think you still feel good about Deontay Johnson. He gets targets when he's healthy. Chase Claypool, I still rank him pretty good. I think I think Pittsburgh's going to probably end up having to throw, and um, you know, I think there's a limited ceiling to a guy like Chase Claypool, but I think he's going to get the targets and, you know, I'll play the James Conner game where maybe I, I bet on, you know, mm-hmm. lean towards a touchdown with him as well. Yeah, Jake. Uh, there's nothing I would trust in the passing game for the Yeah, Browns. I mean, are, are, like, are any Landry Browns startable is, other than uh, Chubb? Yeah, I say Landry is a low-end wide receiver three. It's still, he's, every time he's the main option, even with Beckham out there, he's the main option. You know, like mm-hmm. he, It's that kind of workload, so... Yeah, I'd say Landry, but it's low end. Um, outside of that, on forget about the rest of the Browns. Even Dearness Johnson, I know a lot of people would try. Uh, I wouldn't, not with Nick Chubb back. Holding Dearness Johnson though until we see what his role oh, is alongside Chubb. Absolutely, no question about it. You can't. You, yeah, you definitely can't. And then if anything were to happen to Nick Chubb again, mm-hmm. I mean, like, what if he goes out there and aggravates the injury? I'm actually surprised people are as low as they are on Nick Chubb this week. I know it's not a favorable matchup, but. Without Kareem Hunt, and I know Dearness Johnson just showed out and looked great, but let's be real, he's not Kareem Hunt. And the biggest factor mm-hmm. about it too is like Dearness Johnson replicates Chubb more so in the fact that not yes. a ton in the passing game. So I, Nick Chubb, twenty touches, I, I, I twenty touches even against Pittsburgh. He's gonna have yeah. more than twenty, don't you think? I mean, it, I would, I would take over I mean, like twenty-four and a half touches for Chubb. It's like I mean, the Najee, it Najee versus Nick show here. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what this has the feeling of. And Najee versus Nick Chubb, I think, is a little bit more interesting than 
Eagles versus Lions. Lions are a public home dog. They're le- they're catching three and a half at home, which I was all ready to be like, all right, I can get on board with this. Then I saw that you've got 50 plus percent of people picking the Lions straight up to win, which just makes me run for the hills and want to bet the Eagles minus three and a half because Lions as a public home dog is very, very scary to me. But that's what we're looking at in this game. Brandon, let's hear the case for starting Boston Scott in fantasy leagues. Why me? Uh, did I did I send you some <laughs> rankings that made it look like I was actually high on Boston I, Scott? I believe you both have him as RB31. I just, what, I'm RB33 so no. now, but yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. even still, that's the range I have them in. Look, I, I have, <laughs> he fell to 37 with my update <laughs> yeah. this morning. I have Detroit. It's the Jordan with, Howard factor. Yeah. Oh, the Jordan Howard. That's right. Yeah, Jordan Howard has been activated. Yeah. But look, I have the Lions winning their first game. I think they'll beat the Eagles. They've been knocking on the oh, door. You're part of the public here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, this was not a this was not a good backfield with Miles Sanders, you know. And um, so I guess the case is we saw him get the goal line carries. Um, they might trust him a little bit more as the as the main ball carrier. So maybe he leads and carries here and they still want to keep Kenneth Gainwell in the role they've been using him in. So they don't give Gainwell a huge bump. I mean, that's your case. It's the Detroit Lions. But, you know, mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions aren't actually a terrible run defense. You look at the DVOA rankings on Football Outsiders. It's just the fact like the Jets. I mean, the Jets are a worse run defense, but the. You know, when you're a bad team, you get high volume against you in the running game. And so running backs, you know, they're one of the most run on teams in the league. But when they played competitive games, they've actually had a couple good outings like Baltimore. Um, and, and I'm just drawing a blank on who they played last week. The Rams, like Daryl Henderson. You know, they played that game competitively. Daryl Henderson didn't do anything. So if this game's competitive, Philadelphia's already been a bad running team. So I, I don't know that they're just going to, you know, this is that great of a matchup for them. Jake, I noticed in your rankings column that among yourselves was Jalen Hurts. So what's the case for that? <laughs> it just really comes down to fourth quarter. <laughs> like that's all of his production. And I'm not saying it can't continue. And Jalen Hurts, I actually, I think is a sell and a buy. You have both sides of it. It's similar to the Javante Williams situation. If you you can get, you know, and the reason I said sells because a lot of people didn't draft Jalen Hurts as their only quarterback, sure. or you know, sometimes yeah. he was even the second quarterback for some people. So if you fell into a Stafford Hurts, you know, and somebody's mm-hmm. out there, you know, um, even my home league who bring my rankings to my draft still has multiple teams <laughs> in my home. No, no, I'm saying this to say like I have multiple teams in my home league with two quarterbacks. I have one team with three quarterbacks. So like it's, people still do this, yep. but I'm saying there might be people out there because of that. There is a team in our league that's still been starting Tyler Hannah the past couple weeks so you might have somebody that needs a quarterback on the flip side I see everybody talking about like he's gonna get benched for Gardner Minshew I'm not gonna have a quarterback anymore and those are the ones that you go buy her so he's actually a buy NSL <laughs> those are actually the voices in your head during your dreams Jake <laughs> yeah. is there a coherent like a coherent case whatsoever for the Eagles benching Jalen Hurts for their second year quarterback yes when they're two and five I know like, I already said when it, no I already <laughs> said when it's gonna happen it's go- if it's going to happen, it's week 17 and 18 because they say we're giving up on Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh. Let's see if we want to keep Gardner Minshew around behind sure. or like maybe two. I think you, I right. think you examine so- everybody from an offensive skill position with a kind of a more traditional offense, and then you decide on who who you like in that uh-huh. regard. But that's what I'm saying. It's not going to happen yeah. to week so 17 or 18, till, yeah. and you're in your championship game. If you're like that scared about <laughs> you losing your quarterback, your championship game, maybe. But guess what? You got to the championship game. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just pick up Minshew and ride Minshew Mania into a championship, right? That's hey, how, I still I, ro- I rode Billy Volek to a championship that one year. Uh, Billy Volek, yeah. man. That Billy Volek-Drew Bennett connection. 
all those years ago. So there you that go. We got a comment in here. Somebody has Dak and Hurts. Go trade Hurts. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, he took me down that Volick Drew Bennett memory lane, which was awesome. So awesome. <laughs> Colts Titans. Speaking of Billy Volick and Drew Bennett, Colts Titans. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, your RB nine this week, Jake. Just. I mean, RB3, I believe, for Funston, he's a top five running back. So, I mean, you're obviously starting him and feeling good, but why so low relative why to so low? <laughs> why do you, why do you hate him? where most people think he's going to be? <laughs> I do hate him. Uh, just the names in front of him. It's just nothing to do with it. And Marlon Mack, this last chance possibly with this team, but is not going away. Naeem Hines keeps getting involved. And then it's just names in front of him. Nick Chubb, we just talked about, about Pittsburgh, uh, if you want to say Taylor over I'm not going to argue that one that much more, Mm -hmm. but I'm going Ezekiel Elliott against Minnesota, Aaron Jones tonight against Arizona, because this could be the areas. This could be the Aaron Jones where he finishes number one with 40 points type of week. Of course, he's got the lower floor. Make that clear. Alvin Kamara against Tampa Bay. I'm still playing, but the Tampa Bay has not been as good as it has been against the run specifically Mm -hmm. also in the passing game. And if they're going to hello, use Kamara in the passing game, like they did this past week and say, Oh my God, he's still good in the passing game. What a, what what a shock. (laughs) What a novel Uh, concept. (laughs) I would still go Kamara barely. And the biggest one, that's probably the biggest gap I have is Daryl Henderson against Houston. Everybody's panicking over last week with what happened with Daryl Henderson. It was a game script that nobody expected. (laughs) They didn't expect Detroit to get out to a lead and pull Mm -hmm. an onside kick and all that type of stuff. Two fake punts. Everybody was ranking (laughs) Daryl Henderson inside the top five last week against Detroit. And now he's getting Houston this week. So he's Uh still top five. All right, Funston, over to you here. Are we sitting Julio Jones? Is that Uh, something that's going on? I'm giving him a courtesy rank as a wide receiver three if he's playing, but that's just basically just respect to Julio Jones and the fact that he's a physical freak and has the potential to do something special. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to sit him. I don't have him anywhere, but I I imagine most of the people that I rank around him that get – decent volume i'm gonna i'm gonna probably lean that way i'm a 39 why do you love julio jones (laughs) (laughs) i actually think i have like 33 or so i don't i don't know i'm yeah all right 39 suggests that you are also going to be sitting him the, in most spots. Okay, as I'm well. going to steal some. I don't even see if it's on the schedule. Would you start Tyler Lockett or Julio Jones, Brandon? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I think I would start Ooh. Julio Jones just because I think that, like, there's if something's going to happen that's a big play, I'd rather take it as Julio Jones off of a play action, you know, threat of Derrick Henry. Uh, you well, and it might my rankings this week because you would know that Tyler Lockett is my sleeper chase the river play of the week if going yeah. against the Jaguars. I, I, Seven I wideouts to score 12 it, points against them. It just takes Big two to tango, happening. and that's Geno <laughs> Smith yes, right there. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That offense looking incompetent. No, 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 but here, real quick, real quick. I'm sorry to sidebar here. So I don't know if we're talking Seattle, so we can just say, but it's like the the 12, there's seven wide receivers, Funston, that have scored 12 points against them. Here are Jalen Weidel, Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, Danny Amendola are four of them. Yeah. Do you sense a theme? Yeah, they're all all slot guys. Yes. Grease guys. Tyler Lockett almost 40% of the time in the slot. I'm just saying, like, it's not going to be Freddie Swain. Have you seen Geno Smith? Drop back, look over the middle, and try to try to process That's the point. throws. That's like, the he point. just holds onto the ball. And he doesn't throw it. I'm just saying, Tyler Lockett for a full game versus Julio Jones for a half. I'm just saying, we'll, we'll make that. Could this be our week eight dollar bet? I Tyler like Lockett it. versus Julio I like Jones. It. There it. we go. Beautiful. There it is. And you you totally railroaded us from talking about Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill. We're gonna jump to our next game. I did, this is admittedly <laughs> this is admittedly a week head to head. I'm gonna come right out and say it. But we talk about I, Michael Carter every week, so let's talk about him again. Jake versus Brandon here, and I, you both like him enough, but I, I guess we got to hear the positive and the negative, so Jake, make the positive. I, I would rank him even a little bit higher if definitively Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman were out. Uh, they're both iffy 
right now, uh, but Ty Johnson's use mostly in the passing game when his work, and he is getting some of those goal line carries, which we talked about before. It's just a weird mix to usually be a pass catcher and the goal line back combined, and then the other guys kind of seeing the more volume, but Michael Carter's seeing the volume, and Marco Car- Michael Carter was a lot in the passing game himself. It's against Cincinnati's defense, who's been pretty good, especially against the run, yeah. uh, but this is mostly because I do expect Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson to be a non-factor in this game. One of those two, uh, if we knew in both of them, and then who they're touring, Michael Pirine is the next man up. I would actually put Michael Pirines. Carter probably yeah, inside my top twenty. I'd put him in. I'd play him over Alex Collins if Pirine was the number two. Uh, yeah, I, I this this is crushing my soul to have to like go against <laughs> Michael Carter. I guess I guess the the thing would be like he's. You know, he hasn't rushed for 60 yards yet this year. His his eight uh-huh. catch, 67 receiving yards game last week is a complete anomaly compared to the rest of the season. Uh, just two touchdowns on the year. I mean, a, a lot of this is just like the like the Taylor argument for Jake because there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that I just saw the upside a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah. More. So and he just felt the, the backside. But I, I like Michael Carter. We all know you like Michael Carter, but it's good to get put in an uncomfortable position every now and again on this show. Jake, let's hear the case for Corey Davis. Uh, because it can't be worse than Zach Wilson? Legitimately. Can I, it not? I, I know. Can it for sure not, not? I mean, honestly, no, because Zach Wilson is the most uncatchable quarterback in the NFL. So, at worst... He's the most uncatchable quarterback in the NFL, that being Mike White. So that's why I said it can't get worse. He can only be the worst catchable quarterback in the NFL. Uh, against Cincinnati, a, a little bit better against the run than they are the pass. And here's the biggest thing of why it's Corey Davis. We keep hammering this volume, volume, volume. Does anybody expect the Jets not to be playing from behind? <laughs> and that's really what it comes yeah, down to. It's like, it's true. So if you're going to give me seven, eight targets for Corey Davis, which is expected – yeah, top 35. Where have him at 33, which is mm-hmm. uh, I can't believe he's outside the top 40. Like, but I have him ahead. I have him ahead of Tyler Lockett there, Brandon. So there you go. There you yeah. go. There's another one ahead of Tyler Lockett. All right, Funston. I made you argue for Boston Scott. You didn't really want to do that. I made you argue against Michael Carter. You didn't really want to do that. I know you love this case. Let's hear it for Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, okay, this is pretty easy. In week one against the Jets, Christian McCaffrey handled 30 touches. He's the, it's the only game, that Carolina game, that two running backs haven't scored double-digit uh, fantasy points, half PPR, against the Jets. I talked about this earlier. Jake said it. Does anybody expect the Bengals to be playing from behind? No, because the Jets are always playing from behind, and they always get high volume against them. And Samaje Piran's put up double-digit touches each of the last two weeks, scored touchdowns. We've seen him involved in the passing game as well. It's just It should be another double-digit touch game for Piran. Decent chance to score in garbage time. And if he doesn't score double-digit fantasy points, he'll be the first – secondary back to not score double digits since week one against the Jets. And he tires. So Samaj P. Ryan or Mike Davis? Uh Samaj P. Ryan. Absolutely. Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> I, I'm going P. Ryan. I, I like if, yeah. if they're on my team together, I'm sitting Davis. I'm not even giving it a second thought. And what a great spot for the Bengals to take it easy on Joe Mixon too, yeah. right? I mean he's been dealing with some nagging injuries. This could be a great I mean he's gonna play obviously, but if they get up twenty four to nothing What a great spot for them to just take it easy on them and coast into a victory. Ten and a half point favorites last I saw. Are the Bengals on there? I actually saw the Bengals. I I wish I saw who tweeted this out this morning because I want to give them credit. I I didn't see it, though. The Bengals have never won a game as a double-digit road favorite. Wow. Never never covered. Never covered as a double-digit road favorite. 
they've won, but they've never covered as a double-digit road favorite. So in their history, <laughs> in their entire history, they've never covered as a double-digit road favorite. So this could, you know, a little bit of uh, gambling history potentially for the Bengals in this game, and I uh, feel like they could get there against the Jets. All right, guys, let's get into Texans and Rams. No word as of yet if Tyrod is going to be the starter. Does anything change for you guys? I mean, I guess something has to, but Jake, like yes. uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, for example, like what happens to Brandon Cooks if Tyrod's the starter? Uh, I mean, slight uptick. I, the thing was Brandon Cooks is, like, okay, two bad games. For what we were talking about in the preseason and everybody was getting Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver three, some people were getting him a wide receiver four. Uh, guess what? Not everybody can be Devontae Adams and never put up fewer than nine fantasy points. Like There's like there's a reason there's about seven wide receivers in that range. So I don't understand how we go from loving Brandon Cooks' value to hating him all of a sudden just Davis because Mills, of the, I think is yeah. how we do that. But, but that's the thing is, like, go back. Davis Mills in a four-interception downpour still got Brandon Cooks to have a good game that week because mm-hmm. of volume. So Tyrod Taylor would obviously help him, but I think Tyrod just more, does more for the team as a whole. Like, Brandon Cooks is still a wide receiver three. Does he get to fringe wide receiver two with Tyrod? Probably, absolutely. But this is more about maybe Nico can get some value. Maybe the backfield can have some value now that you got one more out of the equation if Philip Lindsay mm-hmm. comes back to relevancy. So that's really what it does. It just helps the team. Tyrod, obviously a huge upgrade there. This could also be an upgrade in terms of matchup for Tyler Higby on the other side. We know everything else to expect with the Rams. Funston, we've seen tight ends get going against the Texans really in every game this season. Is it finally Tyler Higby's turn? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tyler's Tyler's been fine. You know, like, is it? It's been fine. He's been fine. Like, but uh, how much, how <laughs> smashed do you think this is going to be? Like, if you're expecting... Opposite, like God, like Goddard's passed him by, Gasicki's passed him by, Dawson Knox before he got hurt. Like Higby has, I would say, from where he was at the start of the season to where he is now is right. But like, how many yes. people have both of those guys? I'm just trying to think. Like, okay, so who would be a tight end that I have ranked higher than Higby this week that I might have two of? You know, and it's mm-hmm. and I was looking at maybe looked, maybe Hunter Henry, <laughs> maybe Hunter Henry, or maybe I had Higby mm-hmm. early in the year, or because Gronkowski wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. You know, no, yeah. but you might have picked up Jared Cook, and I would still go Higby over Cook. At yeah, this point. I mean. Like you might have picked up Cook because Higby was disappointed. Real quick, not to jump. I, I want to hammer this point home, and I mentioned a lot in the matchups. The reason why tight ends do well against Houston is because they have been top four this entire year. Face teams that have cover two as their primary defense and pass coverage. That is where you get tight ends to exploit mm-hmm. them every single week. Yeah. So I have Higby eight, eight or nine this week, and, and, and like maybe Hunter Henry is like the one guy that I might have like someone has a team that has Higby and Hunter Henry like I go might Ricky Seals Jones or Higby oh, that's a I'm going hit I'm going Higby okay how about you Jake I, I have Higby but I have Ricky Seals Jones still in my top 12 yeah um hey yeah. speaking of uh, Hunter Henry let's get on to the game that he's going to be playing in actually I'm just putting two and two together revenge game for Hunter Henry right Patriots right. and the Chargers <laughs> last time we saw the Chargers you guys Putting up six points against the Ravens. How uh, strongly are we feeling about a bounce back for this team in this spot, Jake? Eleventy billion. I mean, really, <laughs> <laughs> they had a week to get right too. On top of it, it's the you know if you want to use the sports cliche of it was a good loss. You need they needed this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now look, this is the same thing as when teams started limiting Justin Herbert late last year. One of them being the Patriots, uh-huh. but also right, you know there right. were some other teams. You like I think Miami or Buffalo. 
Miami played well, Buffalo limited, or vice versa. It was one of the two, but Miami-Buffalo games weren't the best either. But anyway, Justin Herbert bounced back this year because the coaching staff and Justin Herbert and everybody's smart enough to take the adjustments. Now they also had two weeks to adjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still, oh, Bill Belichick stops all the great players. So yeah, 31 other teams started to stop the best players too. I'm fine <laughs> with this. Mike Williams is healthy. That's the biggest part of it. If Mike, Mike Williams is healthy, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's going to bounce back. Yeah. Yeah, Funston. Same. Yeah, same. I you you've been telling me to move it along. So if I don't have anything to say, I'll just let it roll. I, I want it. I want you know. You you love Mike Williams. I want to at least give you the freedom, especially with Mike Williams getting brought up right at the end there. But that's fine. I'm actually going to have to go back to Jake because uh, I saw a, a decently high ranking for him um, from him for Jacoby Myers. So what's the case for Jacoby Myers? And let's hear from you two on this, Funston. What's the okay. case? Here's the, what's the case against Jacoby Myers? He doesn't <laughs> score touchdowns, but that's fine. He just finishes as a wide receiver three almost every single week. He is what eight or nine, I think, almost in every outside of one game. He's got eight or nine fantasy points, I think, in double digits in half of them. He's and he's not scoring touchdowns in doing it. So mm-hmm. that's that's all it is. Is Jacoby Myers is Julian Edelman without touchdowns? That's all mm-hmm. he is. <laughs> Yeah, he's a lesser version of Julian Edelman on the on the catch side as well. I mean, he doesn't get a whole lot of yards either. Um, he's like he's like wide receiver forty overall on the season and with zero touchdowns. Like, That's actually yeah, kind of remarkable. But, but this is three. This is three years now. I mean, like, what are we going to all of a sudden? That it's just like it unlocks like this flood of touchdowns are coming. No, no, like, no. I'm in the one that's saying it's not the week. Everybody keeps saying this is the week. This is the week. This is week. I'm I'm agreeing with you. This this is not the week. This is never the week. But seven to eight <laughs> fancy points. Makes you a wide receiver, low end wide receiver three every week. I think he's a, I think he's a mid to high end wide receiver four. Like I can't rank him in, like I ranked him, I think forty three this week. Like I, it's a good, it's you a tough really matchup too. Just well, I mean the, char- the Chargers are a legit pass defense as well. I, I think uh, like in a net net neutral kind of matchup, you rank him what he is wide receiver forty. In, in a tough matchup, you'd knock him down a couple. You're taking spots. the season ranking, so you just like <laughs> walk up. Well, yeah, I mean you are you are kind of at, after seven weeks. I think we got enough context to kind of know who Jacoby Myers is. Okay. Also, the one area you can attack the Chargers is slot middle of the field, though, too. Like, that's uh, why I'm down. I looked, I looked at the I, – I mean, I was kind of overall sort of like that. That didn't jump out at me. Like, it, maybe you're right, but I don't think it's like – it's not an obvious thing. No, but that's you the look all, at, I would say that's the at, only real damage they're letting up. Like, that's why I'm off Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. I'm trying to play that game. Yeah. One of these days, Jacoby Myers is going to find the end zone. Maybe it's finally going to happen. This <laughs> It'll be the week everybody the sits him. <laughs> It'll be the week. Yeah, no one, no one has any interest in playing him. Seahawks and Jaguars, the next game on our list here. We hit on the Seahawks a little earlier, so I want to focus on the Jaguars first, and we'll circle back to the Seahawks if we have time. But you guys are both feeling Trevor Lawrence to a certain extent. Brandon at QB 14, Jake at QB 15. So, Brandon, let's hear the case for starting Trevor Lawrence this week. Um. Uh, one, like running's become a part of his thing. Um, you, you know, you can start to kind of lean on like 25 to 30 yards. He's called his number at the goal line a bit as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you look at the Seahawks, they're just terrible. Like they, they don't want to get beat. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just a blanket statement. They are terrible, but like specifically just watch them. Like they get beat underneath and passing all the time. I just think that, you know, the options that Trevor Lawrence can lean on in the passing game, like with LaVisca Chenault short and, and James Robinson out of the backfield and Dan Arnold, I, I think, I think, you know, they Jackson will be very willing to just dink and dunk this thing. And, and I just think it's going to work out well for Trevor Lawrence. And, and another thing is Seattle doesn't really get after the quarterback that well. So key for a bad offensive line like Jacksonville is giving Trevor Lawrence time to throw. And I think he'll have it. Agreed. 
<laughs> Are we firing up all the Jaguars, Jake? I who who includes all the Jaguars? Obviously, Trevor Jamal Lawrence. Jamal Agnew. I, guess, I, was, I, guess I was going. That's like so. Vista. I was going to ask. It was a it was a rhetorical question because I was going to answer my own question. I was going to say, you know, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, no question, Marvin Jones. But then I was going to say Lavisca, and you could argue James Agnew, James Jamal Agnew, James Agnew, <laughs> Robert <What> Agnew, about, <laughs> like this. Uh, what about, so what Spiro? Spiro Agnew, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's Spiro, go down the man. entire list here. Oh, is, is that all the Agnews in existence? Yeah, Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's all I uh, know. Uh, but like, like. The thing is, is Chenault and Agnew's opportunity snaps, routes, all the times were almost equal to those final two games. So I say that to say, like, I still think Chenault has a higher ceiling that we're hoping for. And I would start Agnew before, or Chenault before starting Agnew. But I don't think Agnew is irrelevant. The real one I love here is Dan Arnold's my tight end sleeper yeah. of the week. The two games after his first, the first he got two targets, caught both of them. But the two games that he got right before the bye, it only took him one week to get in the mix. He was tied with Agnew and Chenault. For team target percentage and opportunities, and that's his second and third game with this team. So, I think Dan Arnold's the the real nice play if you're looking for a tight end this week. Yeah, agreed. I think Dan Arnold could also be someone who's like by a the way long term tight end. By the way, Seattle yes. number three in cover two the past four weeks. Bang bang bang. That's what I'm saying. All those sh- underneath options are you got to love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just. I kind of like the Jaguars pulling the upset in this game. Plus three and a half, they are I mean, uh, on the line. Is it an upset? I mean, I know it's an upset line, that's but at what, this point, is it an upset? That's what I'm saying. Like, there is very little difference between a Russell Wilson-less Seahawks team and the Jaguars. I, I think that's true. I, I think that's a fact. I think we especially when the Jaguars have a better, a much better quarterback, much better quarterback who's yeah. who's who seems to have rounded a corner over the last couple of weeks as well. So I, I like the Jaguars to get a win in this game. Uh, Broncos and Washington, our next game up. Jerry Judy's return. Are we just getting them right back in there, Funston? Yeah, I mean, I think he, you know, you listen to what the Denver, you know, Denver narrative is like they, they had a great rapport between him and Teddy Bridgewater. And we saw that right out of the gate before he got hurt. So, yeah, I'm getting him right back in there. You're shaking your head, Jake. Like, you don't want to get him right back in there. Why not? I'm Jerry Judy is a because talented guy. First, gives him a, gives first him a little game bit back. something different. Like, is it a full complement of snaps? Tim Patrick's, you know, been too good where they don't have to force the issue. Like, we don't have to force Jerry Judy. Like, if this was a definitive playoff team, they didn't have Tim Patrick. You know, Cortland Sutton was banged up. Like, okay, yes. But there's 8 billion options for this team, which is a good thing for real life. But I just, that's why. It's because you don't have to force them back. You don't have to force them the ball. It is a great matchup because the Washington secondary is beyond abysmal. But, you know, I'm at 41, which is what you talked about before, consensus. It's like way under consensus at 8. But, you know, I'm starting Chenault and Shepard and Corey Davis and Waddle, and that's really what comes to Even Cole Beasley. Like, it's just I know those guys are going to be out there the entire time and used. I think that Judy has a higher ceiling than most all of them. Could I see Judy finish his top 25? No question about it. I just don't know if they have to force the issue, and it's similar to T.Y. Hilton's first game back with the Colts. Well, Denver's been Denver's been terrible, and Vic Fangio's playing for his job. And if 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 Jerry Judy's healthy, I think they're playing him. I think they're going to lean on him as enough as much as they need to to win this game. All right, guys, thirty seconds tops uh, between the two of you. Fifteen seconds apiece. Any realistic scenario in which you'd sit Antonio Gibson? Who's going first? Funston. <laughs> Look, this is you know this is rankings. I have him ranked as like the like a back end RB two, and he's really only got touchdown upside at this point. It's like he's not going to be involved in the passing game. So, Time yeah, up. I mean, it's it comes down to what you have. 
That, that felt longer than 15 I mean, seconds. No, 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 uh, I was yes, you just yes. If you have a top 20 option at running back, yes, you are sitting them. That simple. All right, guys, Saints and Buccaneers next game that I want to talk about here. Uh, me and Jake were joking about this before we got going here. Saints were kind of uh, Brady's bugaboo last year. There's the whole Mike Evans gets shut down by Marshawn Lattimore narrative that everyone loves to go down. I don't see any concern with any of these Buccaneers. I assume you guys are on the same page, right, Jake? hundred uh, percent on the same page. Yeah. And that's why we were joking around about it. Look, I, I will say this, the saints defense has been great. Uh, it was already really good against the run. It had been solid against the pass, even without Lattimore and Lattimore came back looking like the Lattimore of what, two years ago where he was like, Oh my God, who's facing Lattimore this year, mm-hmm. er, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not even Mike Evans. It was just every single week. It was like the Jair Alexander is like, Oh my God, who's going up against him. And he's back to that. So, yeah, does he limit Mike Evans? Honestly, I would, you know, kidding aside, if Antonio Brown was healthy, I would be a little bit concerned about Mike Evans in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not. And it's really coming down to Tom Brady is just not slowing down. Even a down game from Tom Brady would still be good for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am looking at the history of Lattimore and Evans. And I have dropped Evans down to 15 this week, but that's probably as yeah. low as I can go. Yeah, I mean that, which doesn't really not come out of the. I'm, I'm not him. starting Mike Evans range. So. <laughs> this was one I jumped on right away. This on Monday. This was sitting at you know before the Saints played on Monday Night Football. This was sitting at Buccaneers minus four and a half. It's now up to Buccaneers minus five which, and a half on BetMGM. Which is I it? mean, yeah. Which which uh, which Mike Sunday. would you take, Funston? Your Williams or Evans? I'm taking Williams. I but it's it's close. I think I have Williams at like twelve and and Evans at fifteen. Okay. Um, what about top- you? Your your team Evans? No, I just I, I think I, I think I'm like back to back. That's why I was just curious. Okay. Hey, you know it's going to be a really fun game for fantasy, you guys. Sunday night, Cowboys and Vikings. I mean, just think of the way these teams play and just the the sure things on both sides of this game, right? So I mean, just Jefferson and Thielen and CD and Amari Cooper and Zeke and Delvin Cook. I mean, it's going to be great. Dak Prescott, obviously, there's not a whole lot to think about in this game other than how many points are my dudes going to get me in it. But I think there are two decent questions. So, uh, Funston, why don't you take the first one and Jake take the second one? Funston, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I, thumbs up. I, I, yeah, it's weirdly, I just I get that vibe too, a lot of points. I just feel like this is going to be a shootout. And Kirk Cousins, you know, his his floor is pretty solid. I, and, you know, is it two touchdowns or is it three touchdowns? And that's probably the difference between him being a mid-teen quarterback and him being a top-ten quarterback. But I think I think he'll be solid. Jake, let me get in because uh, not everyone's watching us on YouTube, so they can't see that it says on the screen that the second one is Tony Pollard. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, well, if anybody knows and followed the Twitter account that I have out there, Tony Pollard's the number one running back in all football, so there's no question about it. There's, <laughs> like, you start him over Christian McCaffrey when Christian McCaffrey is healthy, so that's the truth. <laughs> Minnesota has actually been pretty good against the run. They're a little bit better than middle of the pack, so I'm only saying that to say, yeah, Tony Pollard, but look, there's two teams on a bye. I want to get crazy. I think he's the better version of Samaj P. Ryan, so he's still mm-hmm. an RB3. But getting consistent work, but still, he yes. has to find his way behind Zeke. There's no question about that. This is going to be – I really – we've had these games fall flat for us before. I do not think this is the case. I think if you're invested in Cowboys-Vikings, you're going to be very happy with what you get. We're going to have a lot of fantasy matchups decided on Sunday night football. Could have plenty decided on Monday night football also between the hmm. Chiefs and the Giants. Uh, what are we doing with these Giants injuries, though, guys? Because 
we there's a good chance we're not going to have clarity on on <laughs> Shepard, maybe on Kenny Galladay. So how do we handle that, Jake? And then what does that do for Daniel Jones? Yeah, it's it's like you're going to have to make a decision before Monday night, unless you know, there might be teams out there. That's the one thing is because Michael Harbin's in this game. You might have Amico Hartman, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Gallagher. Like there are options in sure. this game where you could have waited. I mean, even if you want to go pick up Darius Slayton, if you have a Shepard and a, you want to pick up Slayton and hold and wait. Uh, but there's a lot of options this week where you don't really have to wait if we don't have clarity. Like Thursday night, throw Thursday night out and say if we don't have, we'll know on Saturday. So we'll know before Sunday. If we don't have clarity though, and Sterling Shepard's a game time decision. Anybody, oh, that's just anybody's a game time decision. You can't wait without a backup plan. Like, don't wait on Sterling Shepard if your backup plan is CJ Board. Like, you can't go that far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Funston, same, same thoughts from you on that. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like in terms of like ranking like a Daniel Jones, like there's three wide receivers we're waiting for. I'm feeling like one of them's going to emerge as a, a guy that will play. Uh, so I'm not looking at this as Darius Slayton, uh, John Ross, and Dante Pettis again. I, th- yeah. I feel like one of those guys will emerge to help out in the in you know in the charge for the Giants. All right, guys. Last question I got for you in a concern to this game. Earlier this week, we talked about the Daryl Williams by window. What happens to it after this game? Is it slammed shut? Is it still open? What do we think, Funston? Yeah, um, I you know I don't know how. I don't know how interested I am in buying anyways, even on a buy mm-hmm. low. I mean, CEH will come back. I, look, I, I'm not the biggest Daryl Williams fan. I'm not the biggest usage fan of the way the Chiefs have used their running back position. I think Daryl Williams is just solid. He's, he's unspectacular, lacks imagination, and he needs – his best will be when the when – the, <laughs> but this will probably be a, a setup where Daryl Williams will have one of those games we saw a couple weeks ago. He could score a couple touchdowns. He could get some decent yardage. He could get some actual carries in this game because it's a giant. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to try to buy low before Sunday on Daryl Williams, knowing that the short window of playing time left um, as as like the clear number one guy, yeah, go ahead because I'm I, after after the Giants game, the price should be a lot higher. I got a list of players I'm tweeting about Brandon Foston after this and telling him he's like <laughs> less imagination than a kid. He's yeah. stupid. Look at that. I mean, Daryl Williams. No, yeah, it'll, like it'll be lost on me. You know how active I am on Twitter. Daryl Williams is writing the Great American <laughs> Here's novel what I'm gonna right say. now as we speak. The Bilo window, yes, will be closed because I'm going to completely disagree with Funston on one thing. I don't think the window is closed because I'm going back to Chuba Hubbard. I'm done. If I, I don't want to say done. I, I don't think people should keep playing this game of, well, this person's going to come back. Christian McCaffrey was going to come back and he didn't. Saquon Barkley's still not necessarily coming back. We're talking David Montgomery might come back into a timeshare. If Darrell Williams shows off again against the Giants, what if Clyde Edwards-Colaire comes back and he's the 40% to Darrell Williams, 60%. So I don't, like, I say all this to say where I know I'll agree with Brandon is I'm not going to overpay for him. I don't, I'm not going to treat him as a top 15, 20 running back in a trade. But I am absolutely trying to trade for him because what if he's Chuba Hubbard for six more weeks? What if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is just not ready when he's supposed to be off the IR? It's a a very worthy question to be asking yourself going into this week and maybe coming out of it as well. That's going to do it, guys. I freaking loved this format. We're going to be sticking with it. Thanks to everyone (laughs) for joining us on this maiden voyage of trying something new halfway through a season. We always try to keep things fresh and spicy, so hopefully we did that for you here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Jake, for Funston, I'm Beller. Uh, We will be talking to you very soon. Enjoy the start to Week 8 tonight. Have a great weekend. Let's all go out there, get some W's this week. We'll see you later.